0: Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramus, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. Today we are going to take a little break from the Dutch Sheets series to discuss what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit. Some of the pushback we've received from the Dutch Sheets series is that we have a deficient view of the Holy Spirit. So we do have a great CIC article available on this topic of how God leads us. The title is Carried by the Comforter, How God Leads Us, CIC issue number 76. Now, in this article, you raise and answer three questions the first is, who are the sons of God? The second is, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? And the third is, where are the sons of God being led? So, just to introduce this topic, we are going to discuss this translation issue of Romans 8 1. Now, in your article, you say this the problem starts with the King James translation of Romans 8 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Okay, what is the translation issue there?
1: Well, that's a longer reading, and some manuscripts have that last phrase. Okay. And the New American Standard and most newer translations, based on better manuscripts, say, therefore... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus.
2: And it ends there
0: without the who walk not after the flesh, but after the
2: spirit.
1: Right. And so when I was in the charismatic movement and we were at, at a facility in Indiana at the time, there was a guy who uh, preached a sermon on this and he said, Well, this sermon is a King James sermon.
2: <laughs> okay
1: wanted to preach on walking in the Spirit and uh, not having condemnation as a special thing that some people did.
0: Okay, and and that's particularly concerning. As, as we read through Romans 8, that's very clearly not Paul's point.
1: No, and, and there's a deeper issue going on here, and I'm very glad to, to talk about this because The things that were cracking are things that I was in myself. But even at that point, and that was very late in in my involvement in that particular ministry. Okay. And that was 1979 because it was in the spring of the year our son was born. And when I heard that, I thought, well, wait a second. That is special pleading. I need to have a a certain... uh, Added on version, yes. To this whole thing work but if you go back further, now I understand it better. Okay. Now, he's really at that point the guy I heard, and many people who read this, they're changing terms for what this condemnation means. Okay. He was talking about a psychological state.
2: Oh, okay.
1: We're talking about. Our status before God.
0: That's right.
1: That's two different things. One's positional, the other psychological. Okay. So the idea of some sermons preached on this one that I heard, if you really follow the spirit, then you'll feel a lot better and you won't feel condemned. Okay. And And you'll you'll things will happen and you hear the Lord telling you things, and your life's going to go better all right but the to- the term condemnation has to do with being under god's wrath against sin
0: right so there there is now no condemnation for them which are in christ jesus this isn't a feeling of com- condemnation in our own head that means the penalty of our sin has been removed
1: right so we look to the objective promises of god to find assurance not to our own uh, assessment of how spiritual we are or how well we're hearing the Spirit. Okay. Let me just read a few verses to, to nail that down, okay?
0: All right, sounds good. I
1: have that chapter right in front of me. Therefore, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. The law of sin and death that was causing us to be lost, alienated, meaning the soul that sins will die, is about our condemnation ultimately before God's judgment seat. Okay. Not about my psychological state as a Christian, whether it's positive or negative. Right. Okay. For what the law could not do, what was it the law could not do? If but, the old testament law there were people who consider themselves righteous under that law right it's very realistic yes they were pious the, the pharisees
0: right and and we see all through the gospels jesus keeps trying to correct that
1: right so if condemnation is a psychological state there are people that are universalists who are very happy and they think there's no hell and everybody's going to heaven and they right. may be very happy,
0: <laughs> yep.
1: But it doesn't mean they're not under condemnation,
0: right? And there sure. are Christians who are very burdened by things and may feel condemned, but right. they're not.
1: Yeah, one of the things is people that are very sensitive and want to be assured sometimes struggle with assurance. Yes, and so then you add on top of that, only some are. Led by the spirit, and maybe you're not very good at hearing what the spirit says. And if you were, you'd feel a lot better, right? That comes. So what happens is the ones who need assurance the most, which is not these hotshot preachers, yes, but the poor saints that are thinking, well, I better go to more meetings because so I don't think it's working. Okay. Or I better get a new experience, or I better learn how to get into the heavenlies, as some people claim. That's not the point. Look at verse 3. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, what does that mean? It means those are trying to obey all the stipulations of the law and failing. Right. That was the issue in Romans 7. Okay. God did, send his own son, and the like is a sinful flesh, As an offering for sin, he condemns sin in the flesh. Now we get to verse four, where that phrase is that was added in some versions of verse one as well. Okay. So that the requirement of the law may be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So now let's, that's probably where that got put in in verse one, an accommodation. Yeah. but if you wait till you get to verse 4, you know from the context what's being talked about.
0: That's right. And, and so then those who walk after the Spirit are Christians.
1: Yeah, if you are still under the condemnation of the law, and you're still in the flesh, and you're not uh, one who has the imputed righteousness of Christ, and you're thinking, well, I'm not victorious enough. This is about condemnation or not being condemned before the judgment seat of God in the end. Yes. It's not about who's the happier Christian. Okay. Now, that interpretation I'm laying out here, I can defend that. I can defend that theologically. Okay. And some say, well, your problem is you're You're too educated, or you must be one of those Calvinists or something. It isn't which group you joined or whose school of theology. It's reading the text and understanding what God the Spirit, who inspired the text, Paul the writer inspired by the Holy Spirit, what is he saying to us? Right. And it's not comparing one Christian to another Christian based on who's led and who's not led. Okay, I can say that clearly. And if our critics want to defend the other view, I'd like to hear them do it.
2: Okay, well,
1: (laughs) and
0: here's what listeners, here's probably what you what you hear when people are talking about carnal Christians. This is this is where this comes in. These you know, there's the Christians who walk after the flesh and the Christians who walk after the spirit. How would you respond to the carnal Christian claim?
1: Well, the reason you hear an awful lot about carnal Christians is because American evangelicalism is a pietistic religion. Okay. It has been, in British as well, but it has been for well over 100 years, 150 years. Okay. So if you don't have some special experience that some groups have and the rest don't, then you're probably a carnal Christian. All right. Okay, so you go to church and you go through the motions— but you don't really have the power and the glory and the, uh, hearing the voice of God and or having entire sanctification. There's something you're lacking to get out of the realm of the carnal Christian. But as many preachers have said, the carnal Christian that they are talking about is probably an unbeliever who goes to church.
2: Right.
0: Absolutely. And there are plenty of people with false assurance, and they go about their life calling themselves a Christian, but they have no fruit that shows they truly are.
1: Yeah, because it's very clear that if you're in the flesh, you're not in the spirit. It's an either or. Right. Not a sort of.
0: So looking back at Romans 8.1, even with the translation issue there, it still isn't dividing the Christians into the haves and the have-nots.
1: No, absolutely not. And all you got to do is read on. One thing we notice as we're going through a lot of these different teachers they'll take a single verse and pull it out of context and try to put everything they can into it without even making an effort to find out what's really meant now let's just look down here a little bit and uh we'll see how impossible this is okay this is just being a Christian and struggling all right struggling about insurance it's 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 Paul's talking about something a lot more okay. here um, in verses 5 and 6. Okay. For those who are according to the flesh, set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for the mindset on the flesh is death. But the mindset on Spirit is life and peace. Verse 7, the mindset on the flesh. Is hostile toward God.
0: All right. So, okay. what kind of Christian is hostile toward God?
1: Okay. So, if you're a Christian and you feel condemnation, it's probably because you need to be fed the pure Word of God, so you have confidence in His pro promises.
2: Yeah. You
1: know the blood of Jesus cleansed you from sin. Okay. Okay, but if you're hostile toward God, you're not a Christian.
2: And
0: you're probably not really concerned about how God views you and your sin.
1: No, actually, the people in the flesh are the ones that think they're just fine. Right. They go out and um, do something like uh, plant a tree and think that Mother Earth is happy with them. And that's yeah. good.
0: They they put a quarter in the in the bell ringers thing at Christmas time. Yeah. Right? Do a
1: couple of nice things. And I feel kind of bad. I think I'll go to church on Christmas. And. They'll be okay for now. Yeah. That's what it is to be in the flesh. So the categories are all wrong with these deeper life teachers. Now, um, so if you're hostile toward God and you cannot please God, you're not even able. Look at what it says, for it does not subject itself to the law of God, it's not able to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So the the guy preaching the sermon, well, this is a King James sermon. For those that are feeling condemnation, if you learn how to walk in the spirit and hear the voice of God and have the deeper life and gain the power and get and learn how to access the heavenlies, whatever it is, that'll get that problem gone. No, the problem of being under the condemnation of the law is endemic to the entire fallen Adamic race. Right. In Adam, all die; in Christ, all are made alive are you in christ or not
0: and that's that's the that's the issue
1: that's
2: <laughs> yeah Jeez, so the so,
1: by the way this teaching that i'm sharing with you i've talked to people who told me that they had false assurance for years and realized when they heard the true gospel they were they never knew christ they never knew the true forgiveness of sins
0: right they're
1: trying to be pious yeah so, When I'm saying who are the sons of God, it's everyone who knows the Lord Jesus, who's turned to him, who believes that his shed blood paid the price for their sins, believe that Christ's death and his payment for sins is sufficient and substitutionary, and it averts God's wrath against sin for all who believe in him. And so this isn't talking about two types of christians okay the carnal christians who aren't led by the spirit and the more powerful truly spirit-filled christians who hear the voice of god and know how to be led by the spirit right it's talking about being lost or saved and redeemed yes does that make sense
0: absolutely absolutely and and so when you're looking at your article here with that first question, who are the sons of God? Everybody who has been truly believed is a son of God. Right. And then when we get to Romans 8, 14, for all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Okay. The sons of God are all Christians. So all Christians are being led by the spirit of God. Yes.
1: <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Maybe we haven't made it clear enough. Let's read verse 9. All right. However, verse 9 says this. You are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him.
0: Right. Now, that raises another uh, question that comes up a lot, though. the question being this are do we all receive the Holy Spirit the moment we are converted, or is that a second experience?
1: It's that conversion. Yes. That's obvious from this right here.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay. So look at Saul of Tarsus. Okay. Any conversion account in the book of Acts? Yeah. And the Bible says we go from darkness of light from the kingdom of, of Satan to the the king of his beloved son to the king of his beloved son, the domain change.
2: Yes. So this
1: is all or nothing. This isn't sort of. Okay. Now I don't know how you can defend the other view. Honestly, there's no way to make that other view work. Right. Because you can't be a deficient Christian that doesn't know how to hear inner voices that may be the Spirit, and therefore have feelings of condemnation, but gain victory when you go to a meeting and learn the right spiritual technique to start hearing God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, what, but because, what
0: they'll say, or you know? definitely one thing I've heard is, well, if you're not speaking in tongues, you haven't received the Holy Spirit.
1: That's false.
0: Right. And, but that is such a common claim. I think we need to address that. Is tongues even meant to be proof that we have the Holy Spirit?
1: No, and I wrote about that decades ago. There's an article on our website about it. Okay. And that's a that's sort of a diversion from the real issue. Right. Even those who or charismatic, or people in the NAR, Okay. they don't usually say you have to speak in tongues. That was more of a Pentecostal. Okay. And even then, in the Assemblies of God, and I mentioned that in my article, they believed that the, the speaking in tongues was a sign of the baptism of the Spirit, but not of conversion. Okay. They believed converted people could have a second blessing, um, and there are other groups that believe that. Mm-hmm. I used to believe that, but I don't think the Bible will sustain that reading. Okay. Okay, now that's another issue, but let's just stay on who's the sons of God. All right. What have we established so far? The sons of God are the ones who walk in the Spirit, right? Yes. According to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. If you're not that, you're under the condemnation of God. If your mind is set on the flesh, it's hostile to God. If the Holy Spirit dwells in you, if anyone does not have this, then you're a son of God. If not, anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, it doesn't belong to him. That means you're not a Christian. If Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the Spirit is alive because of righteousness, but if the Spirit of him raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will raise Christ Jesus from the dead, will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit dwells in you. You're going to participate in eternal life. All right. Right now, your sins are forgiven. You know Christ. You're alive. You're walking in the spirit. You're not in the flesh in that sense of being alienated from God. And the reality is we're not perfected. We're not totally... uh, participating in the final glory that awaits. Okay. The Holy Spirit is leading us, which is going to be the next topic, but get this right. Don't let somebody say that if you're trusting in Christ alone, you're born of the spirit, your sins are forgiven. You believe in the Trinity, the father, son, and Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit is God, the Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, who indwells all believers. And that you have eternal hope and you believe his promises, but you know you're not perfected because it's pretty obvious if we're honest. Okay. So don't let somebody say to you, the solution is to learn how to hear new revelations beyond Scripture and no, that must be what the voice of God sounds like.
0: Right. And that is the claim that we were seeing come up in the Dutch Sheets book and part of why we felt we needed to stop and actually address this issue.
1: Right. And there's so much mischief that happens, and it certainly is what got me out of the group that I was in, that I mentioned before when I heard this guy talking about this. The fact is that... Eventually, when you have multiple people, part of a body of Christ in a local setting. Okay. I think the Holy Spirit told me this. I think the Holy Spirit told me that. I think the Spirit is saying we should do this. And so there's guidance coming from the subjective realm. What happens invariably is there's some really powerful leader who's in charge of everything, and his idea of the voice of the Spirit will rule over everybody else's no matter what. Right. And the guy that was in charge of our group said, whoever hears from God has the authority. Okay. And by his definition, he said this over and over again. If you don't hear from God, you don't have authority. And by definition, that was him. Of course. And if anybody else thought they heard from God, contrary to what he said, he'd come into town, preach a sermon on... The rebellion in the Old Testament against Moses, and people would be intimidated into believing he's the one that heard from God. Okay. The alternative, this will lay the groundwork for everything we're going to learn in this material about being led by the Spirit. The alternative is the authority of Scripture and the priesthood of every believer.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah. We did a series on the priesthood of every believer a couple of years ago, and if you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, it's worth going back and hearing.
1: So as you see Paul addressing this in Romans 8, he's not talking to lesser Christians who learn need to learn how to be elite Christians. Okay. By some special experience or new revelation. He's talking to the whole body. Yes. Now, we're going to nail this one down. Oh, right? Right out of the scripture. Dear ones, read the scripture. Don't let somebody, uh, you know, proof text you by taking things out of context and then making all these claims. Okay. Or if you're living according to the flesh, you must die. It doesn't say if you're living according to the flesh, you must go to the seminar to learn how to hear the voice of God. Right. It doesn't say that. Yeah. Even uh, nobody's version says that. But if by the Spirit you're putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Here's our verse. For all who are being led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. These are sons of God. Okay. That's the point. And that's what we're going to get into next time we do this. All who are being led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. So if the sons of God are those who know Christ. Those who aren't hostile to God, whose sins are forgiven, and they are part of the body of Christ, and they have eternal hope, that's the sons of God. Well, then that's the ones who are being led by the Spirit.
0: Right. So that's all believers.
1: I'm saying that. And so then what's astounding? Do you know how many people? go all over the world looking for the right preacher or the right experience or the right new revelation or somebody that knows the secret of accessing the heavenly realms or somebody who's been to heaven and knows something that we don't know or knows how to do more miracles or do all these works of power or how to hear the voice of God or whatever. And they're, their hopes get they go to the meetings, they go to the meetings, they hear the preachers, they they have experiences and they see people have different manifestations. It will not change this reality that cannot be changed by somebody's meeting.
0: Yes. If
1: you are forgiven, redeemed, transferred into the kingdom of God by Christ, Colossians 1, 13 and 14 through the gospel, adopted as sons, part of the family of God, headed for glory through the forgiveness of sins. Then you, as a son or daughter of God, are the ones who are being led by the Spirit. Verse 14, all are being led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. Look at verse 15, for you have not received a spirit of slavery. The slaves yeah. sin what we used to be all right dressing the church he's not addressing people who need to have a second blessing or learn a technique that they didn't know because they were deficient christians who feel condemned
0: yes all right do you have anything you want to add before we run out of
1: time i sure hope this uh sinks in so the first question, this is CIC issue 76, May, June 2003, who are the sons of God? Paul makes it very clear. Yes. And if, it's, if you go to a group that claims that it's only the elite ones who know something, that us ordinary people who just have our sins forgiven— that's nobody's in that scene. If your sins are forgiven, there's a lot of other promises that are true as well. Yes. Okay. So we need to then, next time, answer this question, what does it mean to be led by the Spirit? Right. And when you see what that is actually saying, I would say, and I think I have strong evidence for this, is way more profound and powerful than the idea that you hear some voice from God that may or may not be from you.
0: Yes, absolutely. All right. So we are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. You can access this episode and many others, as well as years worth of articles at the website, cicministry.org. While you're there, click on contact and send us a message. We would love to hear from you. We want to encourage you all to stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramus
1: And Bob DeWay.
0: We'll see you next week.